It's time to get all set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics with your hosts, Scott Williams and Jeff Trailer. When I hear the coffee brewing, I think, what the heck we doing? Because I got barely any sleep last night. As the diaper bag I pack with hot wheels, dollies, and some snacks, I say, oh, pray there'll be... Hey, everybody, just a quick note. We had some audio issues at the beginning of the podcast, and it all should be good from about two minutes and 40 seconds on. So you can skip ahead to that part where we do the readings if you want to skip the echoes. It's all right, because I'm all set for Sunday. Welcome to All Set for Sunday, a podcast for busy and distracted Catholics to be a little more prepared for Sunday Mass. My name is Scott Williams. My co-host and jolly friend is Jeff Trailer. How are you, Jeff? I'm great. I don't know why I, I promise, call you jolly. I don't know either. Uh, maybe I'm jolly? I don't know. Perhaps. Because I have a bowl full of jelly? No. No? That's not it. Um, yeah, I don't know. Because I'm fat like Santa? Not that either. Oh. Well, anyways, hey, how's it going? Great. Um, who's our guest today? Oh, it is uh, one of my favorites, a good friend of ours, yeah. good friend of mine, just friend of recently. The, friend of the podcast. Friend of the podcast, yes, FOTP. Um, didn't, that didn't make the list today. Um, the very Reverend Patrick Hyde, OPVF, as his, uh, as his title on our screen says. Father Patrick, how are you doing today? I'm wonderful. I'm wonderful. Jeff and Scott, Scott is going to be back, back with you. Oh, well, it's always nice to see you. We haven't seen, I, I guess I just recently saw you in person as you taught me many, many lessons about the game of golf. Um, mm. Little known fact, or maybe well-known fact, but Father Patrick, really good golfer. Like, What'd you shoot? I don't remember what I, I, don't I shot. I remember what I shot. I played really I played well, really on, the well on the front nine. You did? Like as, bad, like as, as, bad, well as, as well as I've ever played, played, my, played entire my entire life. I way, better, be way better, way better than I normally am. I wouldn't yeah. be upset if golf was only 14 holes. I think that would be the good I'm, I'm a big advocate of that idea right there. Yeah. Yeah, I get bored. But I'm also... Father Patrick disagrees. I think we should play, 30, should play 36. 36. All right. Game on. Let's take the whole Let's day. take the whole day. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, let's not take the whole day with this podcast. You want to start this two-minute <laughs> Oh, that was good. High five. I'm proud of you. Thank you. I will. All right, 16th Sunday in Ordinary Time. Um, we're, we're journeying, 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 journeying through Ordinary Time. Uh, our first reading comes from Genesis chapter 18. So uh, it talks about how, so the Lord appears to Abraham, mm-hmm. uh, and then it gives us some landmarks to know where he appeared, which is by the terebinth of Mamre, which Mamre, Mamre, I don't, I don't know. I just thought it was really interesting that like they we made sure and included that fact so that everybody knew where it was. But I guess different times. Um, so anyway, he appears, and what Abraham sees is these three men standing nearby, and he wants to go serve them. He wants to go help them out. So he runs up to them and says, and makes sure that you know they bring some water out to bathe their feet. They rest themselves under the tree, um, and that they bring them some food. And they said, "Very well." These guys said, "Very well, Abraham. Go ahead and help us out. Thank you for doing that." Abraham runs back to Sarah, his wife, says, Sarah, make some rolls. We're going we're gonna to make some rolls. I'm going to go slaughter a steer, and we're going to make some steaks. Let's get some curds. That sounds like a pretty good meal. Yeah. Like rolls, steak, and cheese curds. 
I, I like it. Anyway, he gets that all together, takes it to the men as they sit under the tree, um, and then waits on them as they eat. And so as the men are sitting there, they say to Abraham, where's your wife, Sarah? Where, like, where's your girl? You got your wife? And he says, yeah, she's over there in the tent. And they said, in a year, we're going to come back and she's going to be pregnant. You'll have a son. You'll be happy. So it's put, a, it was a nice hanger. Yeah. What happens? We don't know. Because it moves on to the responsorial psalm then. Our responsorial psalm this week, he who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. Um, seems about right. Yeah. Yeah. He who does justice. I wouldn't put it near banger status. Um, it's just a good chanted. He who does justice will live in the presence of the Lord. Does that sound good? Nailed it. Perfect. We should perfect. do more podcasts where you where I chant. Where you chant. Oh, perfect. We'll throw the auto tune on for me. Um, and then the second reading <laughs> comes from Colossians. Um, in our second reading, yes. we hear, brothers and sisters, I, I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. That while I suffer, first off, sorry, I'm gonna, I need to rewind. This reading is, is decent in length, not like massive, but it's only three sentences. And this first sentence, oh, is, wow. this first sentence is a very long sentence. Um, it goes halfway down. It does. So he talks about this suffering for our sake, like what he's giving up like in his role as minister, what we're offering. But he says, now this has been manifested to the holy ones. Uh, God chose to make it known to the Gentiles that it is Christ in you. In Christ in you, the hope for the glory, that's who we proclaim. He admonishes everyone. He teaches everyone, brings us all the wisdom so that we can be perfect in Christ. And that's the, the end of it there. That like we, we suffer, we've gone through this, we've been through these experiences because now we have the opportunity to be perfect in Christ. And then our gospel reading, our gospel is Luke chapter 10, 38 to 42. Good one. I, I thought so. Jesus entered a village where a woman whose name was Martha welcomed him. She had a sister named Mary who sat beside the Lord at his feet listening to him speak. Martha, burdened with much serving, came to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me behind by myself to do the serving? Tell her to help me. The Lord said to her in reply, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and worried about many things. There is a need of only one thing. Mary has chosen the better part, and it will not be taken from her. Awesome. Thank you, Jeff. So what are you preaching on this weekend, Father? Well, this weekend I'm actually not preaching. Oh, of course you're I'm not. This is to a wedding. And so I don't have a public mass on Sunday. But if I were preaching, I would talk about hospitality. Will you and just we see that in the first reading in the gospel? Will you just agree to at when you do your private mass, go ahead and preach to yourself about whatever you're going to talk about here? Yeah, sure. Perfect. I'll go All on right. for fifteen, twenty minutes. Yeah, perfect. I mean, that's what I do most mornings anyway. So. <laughs> but we look at this right. We see we hospitality. And in one way, God comes in the in the first, in the second excuse me in the gospel because Jesus is God. But in the first reading, God comes under the guise of a stranger, of a visitor to Abraham. But in both cases, both Abraham and then Martha and Mary, they're hospitable. And the challenge for us as Christians, though, is that we can sometimes stop. I'm at wonderful. Just welcoming someone. Jeff and Scott, it's at just be being hospitable, you. at just being someone who cares for another person. We're called to do that. 
certainly the Good Samaritan reading from last reading, or from last week, excuse me, which immediately precedes this in the Gospel of Luke, indicates as much that we're called to serve from our need to serve I don't remember what I shot. greater need. I played really well on the front well, What we look at here is a like hospitality as well as that's I've focused ever on two things. First, the needs of Way the Way better than I normally am. But then also a hospitality that when we receive Jesus in our hearts calls us to conversion. And I think that's important for us in our relationship with God is to see we have to welcome God into our life. But Jesus doesn't just day. come into our life to hang out with us. He calls us to conversion. He calls Mary to conversion. He calls Martha to conversion. When he comes into our hearts, he calls us to a new way of life, a new way of understanding, and something richer and fuller than what we had before. It's um, a great reminder, too. We just celebrated the Feast of St. Benedict earlier this week of what he says in his rule, that we need to listen with the ears of our heart. And not only that, but we need to receive the visitors that come, in that case, for the monks to the monastery, but for all of us, as if they are Jesus Christ himself. When we do that, when we listen with the ears of our heart, when we approach any person as if he or she is the incarnation of Jesus, we're able to receive fully what God has to offer to us, which is if nothing else, a new way of appreciating another human being, but it goes even deeper with that when we look at when we look at it through the eyes of faith. Um, and I also love how this gospel, because like I said, it's it's right after the next verse, basically, uh, from last Sunday's gospel, kind of a juxtaposition between the lawyer's approach or the scholar of the law's approach to Jesus and Martha and Mary. The scholar has to prove himself to Jesus. He has to challenge Jesus. His heart and his answers are, are relatively in the right place, but he's going to Jesus with an agenda. Whereas Martha and Mary welcome Jesus into their home, and Jesus calls them to radical conversion, and they're willing to hear it, perhaps in a way the scholar of the law is not. So those are kind of my basic things right there with which I would start for my homily for this weekend. I, I have always been, I've always enjoyed this gospel reading. And I recently, like Martha and Mary have been on my mind. We've been talking, I've been talking with somebody through work about a project that involves Martha and Mary. And then Perfect. like in my own life, I've been, had my, I've been struggling with a balance of always trying to be the, the fixer and the host and the hospitable one and like the, in doing the serving and forgetting sometimes that Jesus just wants me to sit at his feet and listen and, and enjoy him. And, or even that, like with my guests that I rush around so much to host or to be hospitable to somebody that I don't take the time to just sit and enjoy my time with them. And that like many times my wife reminds me all the time, like the only thing I actually want, I want you to stop doing things and just sit and, and be with us. Not, you don't always have to be doing all the things and doing the running around. Yeah. So that it was very fitting. I didn't, I, that has been a part of like my thought anyway. And then as I went to prepare for this podcast, uh, I looked at this and thought, well, there we are. And this is, if he, if the Lord isn't speaking to me now, then I don't know when he does, but, mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a, 
it's a stark reminder at least. Um, and I think there's something beautiful about it in the mass too, in the idea of like, we show up to mass and we are hospitable to Christ and we go and we're reverent and we, but like, are we listening? Are we sitting there and listening to mm-hmm. the words of Christ? Are we engaged? Are we participating in just deep in the mass or are we there checking the box and in and out? And that's the beauty, right? Jesus says to Martha, you're full of anxiety and worry. In one of the um, commentaries I read, it says the Greek word there is through baz omai, which can be translated as you are putting yourself in an uproar. Mm. So not only is Jesus saying you're anxious, Martha, but you're creating this whirlwind around you. And how often do we do that with our anxiety? There's an internal storm that then is reproduced in an external storm in the relationships, in our household, in our friendships. And what Jesus is saying is, Bring those and because things to Jeff me, was the one but allow me who corrected to you, and to convert I feel bad making fun of by Jeff sitting at my feet. in my response. Right? It says here, you know, that Jesus, or the so, Martha is sitting listening he did a great to Jesus, job. and the word there is, no. you know, to his, his logo. He did a great job. Which we believe the incarnate word is from John's gospel, in the beginning was the logos, the word. So she's not yes, just sitting that listening sounds to great. any word. She's listening to the incarnate word, <laughs> the word of God. I don't know how to pronounce Hebrews, so... And so when we go to Jesus... Your guess is as good as mine. He gives us a sense of calm and peace and joy and happiness. But we have to be willing... No, I don't. I'm sorry. ...to bring ourselves to to Him and to sit. And we sit at the Lord's feet and we welcome Jesus into our life through prayer, the sacraments, and the works of mercy. And the Church has always thought that. I'm not preaching this weekend. When we welcome Jesus that way... When we live that kind of life, if I were, it changes us. I have a wedding for... Is this, is this particular gospel saying that out of town, Martha's so. doing wrong? Or does it take both? Does it take the Martha we'll and the see, Mary? We'll see. But, yeah, I couldn't but I find saying, the, the commentary uh, I read with this first, on the the first a while the ago. But if I recall correctly, basically... And the there are two rooms of in a being tent, hospitable in the Jewish culture, and, and of responding. The front room to is really just for the, the opportunities that are given to us for the women to receive. So in one way, God, they're both doing wrong. In the form of others, Mary should be in the room through our hospital. preparing the food with um, Martha. There's something. There's kind of a twist. But she's out with Jesus. When we look at this, Martha we see that God could be sitting with Jesus, but is worried about many things. Quick. And so it's it's a good I'm getting a terrible reflection upon how in my earpiece. It's not necessarily that they're doing something morally wrong, but their priorities have led them to take risks in different directions. Mary has made the taken the risk to be close to Jesus, perhaps in a socially inappropriate place. Martha has taken the risk of being the good, diligent um, host, but as a result, she hasn't listened to her guest. She's just gone into kind of a default. Uh, I'm going to serve you in whatever way I want to give, as opposed to what you need and mm. desire to give to me. All right. And so, kind of, if you go back to the second reading, there's this beautiful line in there that it, I make up in my flesh. What is lacking in the offering of and the afflictions of Christ? 
Like, how could Jesus possibly offer an imperfect offering on the cross? That's what some people would say. That's what Saint Paul is saying here. It's not true. But how could Saint Paul say that? How could we? How could you and I offer what is lacking? Well, what is lacking? My yes, my willingness to serve, my willingness to be converted, to change, to live a new life, to offer my life for the gospel and for salvation. And so we have to make that choice. It's not just that Jesus comes to us and everything happens for us. We have to listen. We have to allow him to challenge us, and we have to change. So in many ways, Martha is being called to change here. Not to not serve, but he, d- he doesn't necessarily... They both are. Yeah, he doesn't admonish her for her, ser- her serving. It's for the anxiety and the... The, the whirlwind like you were talking about. I think that, yeah. I, as, as most listening know, and you two know, I have three daughters. My youngest two are very much my Martha and Mary. Um, Charlotte is very engaging and will sit and talk to people. And Lydia is running around like crazy and baking and cooking and taking care. And But it's beautiful. Like it, I hear, I've heard so many people comment on, her gift of hospitality and like her heart for that and everything. But she is one for sure that like has started to realize she loses out when she is doing that. Um, and yesterday they, yesterday my girls were um, tasked with cleaning their room because it was as bad as I had ever seen. And so I wrote, how'd they do? They did fantastic. Good. Um, but it was interesting because like reflecting on this passage and knowing that I have my Martha and my Mary, I very well knew Lydia is going to go in and she's going to do a large majority of the work. And Charlotte is going to she'll Charlotte will play the music and go get a snack and like do all the things, you know, but she's going to let Lydia take things on. So when I wrote on the, on the dry erase board, I wrote their chores for the day. And so they had to come home from camp and it said, eat lunch. And it said, clean your room, but do it with kindness. <laughs> and so at last night, finally, like right at bedtime was when they finished and then they had to go to bed. But my, my youngest Charlotte, I walked in, I said, this place looks amazing. Like I've never seen it this clean. And she said, honestly, Lydia gets most of the credit. She did most of the work. Like she, she did all the hard stuff and she just gave me little jobs to do. And, but that was, that was not a normal, uh, response after a room cleaning in our house. So, um, I thought there was something beautiful about that, especially looking at this passage and this idea of like that recognition in the other direction. It's easy to be the Martha here who bl- who like points out your sister's wrong, like fault. Um, but Charlotte was quick to, and Lydia didn't criticize Charlotte's cleaning. In fact, I told her your sister just complimented you. She went and said, Oh my gosh, thank you. And then forced her to hug her, which was even more fun. But. <laughs> All right. Should we do some dumb questions now? I love dumb questions. Let's do it. It's time for Jeff's Dumb Questions. The part in the show where the glow of the flame of knowledge grows a little dimmer and our collective IQ goes down a few points, all thanks to Jeff. We're sorry. All right, Father, are you ready? Ready. All right. Dumb questions today are sponsored. Uh, not sponsored, but they come to us from our uh, creative director, Madison Cipolletti, here okay. here at uh, Creative or Catholic Concepts. I asked her for some dumb questions, and she couldn't come up with 
Well, she first asked me to ask you why asparagus makes your pee smell. And I was like, let's focus on some that have to do with the church. And so then she, but then she came up with some good ones. And here's one that I'm really curious about. What is the pre-mass and post-mass conversations like in the sacristy? Like as you and, and if there are multiple priests or your servers or as you're all getting right, what's that like, what's that banter and conversation like back there? If I'm being honest, my ideal conversation before and after mass would be nothing. It would be total silence. And I don't say that in a, in a facetious way, and I'm not upset by it, to have conversations with people. But I think oftentimes we forget that the priest is preparing to offer himself as a sacrifice on the altar. And he is going to Calvary with Jesus. And so when we just have kind of chitty chatty frivolous conversation it's not in and of itself a bad thing but it takes away from the solemnity of what we're trying to do so that being said <laughs> often stations on a sunday are things about you know who's going to be an extraordinary minister of holy communion or lector or whatever um and then in general my rule to all the catholics listening is Please stay out of the sacristy. <laughs> that was going to be my next question. Immediately before and after Mass, unless you're supposed to be there, or unless the building is on fire. There's nothing more disarming than when you go back into the sacristy, especially after Mass, because I can't even describe to someone who hasn't celebrated Mass as a priest what you're going through emotionally, physically, spiritually, and all of a sudden someone's in there with any number of conversations, Father, what do you want me to do with this? Well, you know that the it, it's impossible to kind of switch switch lines like that because you're just in a very different place. Um, but oftentimes it's nothing major. It has to do with the mass beforehand, and usually afterwards it's some little thing social or otherwise that's going on or a need. Or sometimes people will come back legitimately because. They want the anointing of the sick or to take Holy Communion to a family member. And those are always good reasons. So if, if that's the reason, please grab me after before Mass. But um, in general, it can get a bit uh, overwhelming. I was wondering if, you, if there were some like pregame speeches. Have it like you're channeling your inner Herb Brooks back there. Just like great no, moments are born. that we pray before Mass to yeah. prepare our hearts for it. And it's always good to have a modicum of silence also. But no, we're not, uh, we're not chanting to ourselves in the mirror. This is our time. <laughs> <laughs> great moments are born from great opportunity. Um, yeah. All right. Here's the second question she had, which kind of goes along with this. Do you, well, I'll ask this, the preface here. Do you, after you exit mass, do you greet people in the narthex? Do you greet your I prisoners? Do. What is the most common thing said to you when people walk 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 past. Other than thank you. Oh, they'll almost always say good homily <laughs> or something like that. Not that it's always good. Nice. I'm, I mean, I'm your homilies are good. I'm waiting for the day where someone comes up to me and says, Father, that was a terrible homily and here's why. <laughs> right? I think that's actually very helpful when people give you uh, pointed feedback. But in general, it's how are you? How, you know, they, they follow me on social media or they hear through the grapevine that I'm going to this place or doing that thing and or they have an update, you know, if they told me the week before that something was going on in their life, they'll give me an update or something along those lines. It's mostly pleasant, idle conversation. But knowing what we know, 
what you just shared about being in the sacristy after like you probably have to like work really hard to just like seem engaged in those moments because like you're kind of winding down from this experience yeah it's hard <laughs> which is why i especially after i finished talking with those people i really value just going back and being in the sacristy in silence because it allows that decompression to happen on a deeper level awesome all right so that i mean i got more but i think we're right there on time and i'll, I'll save these for another wonderful day okay father thanks for joining us today it's been a blast it was good to be with you guys thanks for having me back and be assured of my prayers for you and for all of those people who are listening please pray it's all right cause I'm all set for it's all right cause I'm all set for it's all right cause I'm all set for Sunday